0: I said, Joe, I'm not going to go up there until you dance. Hallelujah, amen. That music will make anybody want to dance. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know. Let's see if I can wake you up tonight then, amen. Amen. Glory to God. I tell you what, it was so encouraging as John was receiving the offering tonight. I'll tell you what, it's such a blessing to know that in your family when everyone's talking about God's blessing, amen. And I know for a fact in our personal home, in, in our house, in our kids' lives, and Matter of fact, all of our kids, Landon and Destiny, Brayden, Joely, Carson, uh, God is really doing something in in our lives. Amen. It's it's because of our faithfulness. And, you know, God doesn't put an amount on our faithfulness. Amen. It's not it's not the amount. It's it's of course, the amount does matter to God when it's between you and him. But it's not how much somebody gives. I mean, you know, we read the story in the Bible where this little old woman walked up, gave all she had. Amen. It was it was very little. But it was all that she had. It was a lot. Amen. And she saw God doing something in her life. And it's just so encouraging to see when the church is blessed and your, your own personal family is being blessed. And you look in your own lives and your own families. And, you know, money is very spiritual. Amen. I'm not preaching on money tonight, so don't get scared. Don't get worried. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's very spiritual. And God, if you're struggling tonight, I just want you to know get right with the Lord in your giving and you just watch and see what God does. Amen. He'll do miraculous things in your life. Hallelujah. Where's Destiny? I'm going to just let her know that I'm starting my time right now. Hallelujah. Amen. She said I, I, she's going to hold me to it tonight. Hallelujah. So here we go. Glory to God. I'm excited, amen, for the opportunity again to preach tonight. It's always a blessing for me to be able to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's, it's what I am. It's what I do. It's what my heart's desire is. And uh, I know for a fact, without a doubt, that God is doing something. You know, one of the biggest nightmares that we have as preachers is is uh, getting up here to preach and not having our sermon. Amen? Amen. And I just got up here and I was flipping through my Bible and I didn't see my sermon anywhere. Of course, I could probably do it without it, but uh, I'm going to trust the Lord that my notes are going to help me a little bit. Even though a lot of people tease me and say I don't even hardly use my notes, but I really do use them more than you think I do. Amen? I'm going to minister a word that I really believe that God put in my heart for today. And I believe it's something that's going to really be a blessing to us. And I titled the message, Your Influence Has Purchasing Power. And I'm going to preach out of the book of Daniel here in just a moment. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 through 24. And I, I, I told Destiny, she chose this background and we talked about it a little bit. And I said, use those lions like that. I like that because Daniel was in the lion's den. How many know the story? I'm going to paraphrase. You can go ahead and put the scripture up if you would like in in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 through 24. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of reading this, but you guys can kind of follow me as I'm going through this. And, you know, there was there was a young man in the Bible, his name was, was Daniel. This Daniel guy was, he was an interesting character. This man had a great reputation with everybody around him. The Bible says that this man was faithful. And what happened is the king in this era, and I'm not going to read it for the sake of time here, but... The king in that era put Daniel and, three other, and two other men as, as, as headship over a lot of other people. And because Daniel had a good character. Daniel was a, a young man with, 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 an, with the great attitude he had flu, influence in that kingdom. But it was the other people that were around him that caused, they wanted to see David or Daniel get, get demolished. In other words, they saw him succeed and they didn't like it. He was a godly young man. The Bible says that Daniel, he, he called upon the name of the Lord, and we'll read about it a little bit later, but several times a day he would get on his knees and he would look out his window and he would pray and he would call on the name of the Lord. And so all of these people that served underneath him, they were upset and they come to the king and they said, you know, king, we ought to make a rule. and This rule ought to be, and I'm just paraphrasing all of this, verse 1 through 24, you can go home and read it later on your own time. But he says to them, he says, you know, king, we ought to to do this, put this rule, this law in effect that says nobody can worship anybody, no other gods but you. In other words, you're the king, we need to worship you. And Daniel has this heart, you know, they, they already knew that Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a man of good character. And so the king says, hey, no problem. Let's go ahead and put this into existence. You know, for the king, I'm sure it felt great. Nobody's going to worship any other gods or nobody else but me. I'm going to be the one that's lifted up. You know, in our lives, we have many things that we lift up and even put before God. Sometimes it's your car. Sometimes, uh, man, I'll tell you what. If you hear a thump on the side of the road when you're driving your car, you don't care where you're at. You're going to pull over and you're going to get out and you're going to take a look to see what happened to your car. It's an investment. You got a lot of money into that car. Even if it's a, a $300 vehicle, that car makes you money because you get to work with it. And, and it, believe me, it does a lot. And if you don't think your car is valuable to you, no matter what kind of car it is, then go ahead and just give me your car and go without one for at least a day or two. And after two days, you'll be suffering. You'll be crying. You'll be, pastor, can I please have my car back? I, I can't live without it. So I'm sure it felt good to this king to get all the recognition. And so he passes this law, and this law goes into effect. And so these young men, all these other people are watching Daniel as Daniel is, 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 is over them. And he, they see that he's a prayerful man. So they come back to the king, and they, they tell this, this king, they say, Well, you know, this young man that you know so well, he is, he is disrespecting and disobeying the law that is out there. And they said, because it's a law, you have to do something about it. So in other words, they trapped Daniel. They put him in a place where he was going to get in trouble no matter what, because the king didn't have, he did not have any other choice. Amen? So this Daniel, young man, he's, he's, the king comes to Daniel and he says, you know, Daniel, he says, God is going to have to be with you, but I have to put you into this den with the lions. We're going to put you into this den with the lions, and you're going to be in that place, and, but, but your God that you pray to is going to protect you. In other words, the king is on his side. The king has to do what he has to do, but the king also knows, and as Daniel is going in to this lion's den, the king is telling him, he says, Daniel, don't you worry about nothing, because they're going to put this rock over that doorway, and they're going to enclose you in with those lions, but your God is going to save you from those lions. And it was because of his faithfulness. It was because he had a heart. And, and of course, we know the story how the the king came back the next day shouting for Daniel, hoping that there was hope. You know, I, I prophesied this, so I hope he's still alive. And he comes into that place, and he's yelling out, Daniel, are you alive? He says, I'm alive. Hallelujah. And he says, oh, your God, he spared your life. He saved you from those lions. Well, see, no one else will realize that because everyone else, they wanted to see this man who was so faithful to the Lord, they wanted to see him fail. They wanted to see him taken down. Matter of fact, they went as far as wanting him to die, putting him in with the lions. And so here it says that Daniel, he has an influence in this kingdom where he was from, and there was a consistency about his life. It wasn't just, you know, one service where prayer hit and everybody else, the next service, everybody's not even in the prayer room. Can I get a bigger amen? So, you know, it's, 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 there was a consistency to his life. There was a, a, a rushing forward and, and a hunger and a looking for, for the things of God in his life. This man had that. He was a young man of courage. There was no lack of compromise in his life. There was no weak-spirited-minded person when, when, face, when he faced sin in front of his life. He didn't say, well, I could get away with it this time, and I'll just work on it next, the next time I get into it. He was not that type of guy. And I call this, what I call this is I call this purchasing power in the kingdom of God. You see, I, I have a little dollar bill right here. I'm going to pick on somebody. Joelle, come up here so I can torment you. This is my future... Daughter-in-law in five days, hallelujah, she's not going to be my daughter-in-law, she'll be my daughter, amen? And uh, so this right here, when you were a little girl, what could this one dollar buy you? Just snacks, just snacks, is all you cared about. You see, this dollar right here, ten years ago, I could ask some people that are a little more mature, older in life, I'm not going to say old because, you know, I'm getting there myself, but we're a little older this 10 years ago could probably buy about 20-25 pieces of gum. You could go into a little candy store on the side corner somewhere 20 years ago and buy a lot of candy. Feel that thing. So you wonder this is a crispy one dollar bill. So the problem with this thing it's a pretty amazing thing. 20 years ago it had a lot of purchasing power but today it has lost its purchasing power. You see this dollar bill can't hardly buy you anything. It can't do anything for you. I mean, you can. You, I don't know if there's anything I could buy for a dollar, the things that I like. Not even a can of sardines anymore costs a dollar. I mean, I'm telling you what, I love some things that are a little costy. I mean, I can't afford a whole lot that I like with a dollar. Amen? I know some of you just give a dollar for a for $100 tip at a restaurant, but I, I like to give what's, what's worth. What, you know, whether they deserved it or not, I bless them. Amen? So I want you to know that this 100 hundred, That ain't a $100 bill. I told her myself a little bit. I'm going to give you a little gift. You can take that. Go sit down. Yeah, it's yours. She needs all the money she can get right now. So here's the thing. It's called purchasing power, okay? This $1 bill, you see, it, it, it it only lasts for a little bit of time. My wife's over there hollering for hers. You ain't getting none of mine. You got all of them anyways. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, it looks the same as it did 30 years ago. And 30 or 40 years ago, you could buy a lot of candy, a lot of whatever you wanted to buy with it. That $100 bill I just gave her only because she's soon to be my daughter. Amen. And I know they're getting married and I know they got a lot of things going on. And I saved that $100 bill for her. She can do whatever she wants with it. Amen? She can go out to eat. She can buy gifts. She can do whatever she wants with that. It's for her. But let me just tell you something. This is the honest truth here today is that years ago we could do whatever, but today $1, even $100, you can't buy hardly anything in a grocery store. I mean, there's some people in this place, they tell me they only spend $100 a week or a month on groceries, and I just don't get it. Because this old boy, when he goes to the grocery store, the stuff jumps out of the shelves into my basket by themselves. I don't understand how it happens, it just does. I look at it and it just jumps right into my basket. And I can't afford with not even a $100 bill the things that I want to buy. Now please understand, I'm not saying any of this to brag. I I saved that for her. It's not that I just walk around with all these $100 bills all the time and I just, you know, I'm not like that. I don't brag about money, I work hard for my money. And like I just said, my wife gets it all, so I hardly ever have any. I got she money. You know what that is, money she don't know I got. And I have to keep it that way or, or I'll lose it. Hallelujah, amen? But see, today, this, this money can hardly buy even a candy bar, this dollar bill. You can't get, when you can't even get a soda pop for a dollar anymore. Why? Because it's lost some of its, its purchasing power, amen? And we know from God's Word... That the early church, it had power. Just like that dollar bill used to have power. They had influence in, that, in the early church. Amen. They had influence in their city. The Bible says uh, in Acts chapter 2 verse 47. It says praising God and having favor with all the people. It says and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. I read these scriptures not too long ago. But they're powerful scriptures. Then there's influence in their region. So it wasn't just in their city, but now it was in their region. Acts 5, 16. This is also a multitude. Uh, it gathered uh, from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people. And those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And it says they were all healed. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me tonight? Are you, are you sure you're with me? I know you're mad at me because I didn't give you the $100 bill, but it's okay. That was for Joelle today, Amen. And then there was influence in their world. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, it says, These uh, who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and we just ask you to be with us in this service. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts tonight. God, that you would just penetrate our heart and our minds and help us to receive your word tonight, God, to... To grow spiritually, Lord, to understand, God, what this message uh, that you put in my heart is for, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to understand something very important here tonight, okay? I get excited when I preach because I got a lot to say and I can't say it all. But I want you to know that the devil knows that he cannot stop what God is doing. So what he does, he he begins to try to take away your purchasing power. He begins to work against it and, 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 or influence your purchasing power or your influence in the world. Amen? So Daniel, just take for instance, Daniel, they tried to come in and take away from him his influence that he had on these other people. Because it's contagious. How many know that the things of God are contagious? People that have been coming to church, the new people. I've heard some people say, man, we, 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 we got invited from the Thursday night outreach. It's because the, the word that's being ministered is touching the heart of those people. It's, it's contagious. It's something powerful. Hallelujah. So instead of the church influencing the world, the world begins to slowly influence the church. Amen? How many can see that in the world today? That the church is being influenced. And so we know that some churches, they look like a church. These churches, they have a pastor and and they carry Bibles, but sadly, just like the dollar, they have lost their purchasing power or they have lost their influence in the world today. And there are pastors who are quitting not because of, 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 you know, uh, they're just getting older or because they have problems in their life or they're sick, but they're quitting because they see the people in the church, they're just giving up. It's like there's no hope. They're saying, well, why am I going to keep preaching if nobody wants to to listen? Nobody wants to change their life. And it's the wrong reason to quit. We shouldn't quit for that reason. Amen? We ought to keep preaching the gospel. But I want you to know, sadly, just like the dollar, these people, they lost their purchasing power and their influence, these churches have. And you know what's amazing is these people pray these church people, they they help other people. You hear it all the time, especially this time of year. I hear a lot of our clients, they'll begin to tell their, you know, they'll tell me, well, I, my church, we're doing this and we're doing that. And oh, we're going to this other church and we're going to help them give free food away. And it's all about giving free food and free clothes and free this and free that. But what about preaching the the, the unadulterated word of God to these people who are hurting? Let me just tell you something. Before you open your window in your car and give another dollar to anybody on the side of the street, I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to roll down your window, pull a track out of your pocket and hand it to them and tell them, you know that Jesus loves you. you know, you'll get a manifestation. I guarantee you that. Amen. You'll get a manifestation if you don't follow that with a dollar bill or a five dollar bill. Because they'll say, you call yourself a Christian and, and, and you can't even give me a dollar. No, i want to give you a dollar if I knew where that dollar was going. If I knew how you were going to live your life with the blessing of God, then I would understand it a little better and I would be able to give to you and help you and understand it. But see, you can't always know what's happening out there, amen? You see, this new softer version of the gospel, it doesn't set people free or it doesn't influence people to change. It doesn't, there's, no, there's no freedom in, from their sin and from the guilt and shame that, that they've had to live with for all these years when it's a watered down gospel. I need somebody to tell me, you know what, you need to trust in Jesus no matter what. Hallelujah. You need to surrender and give your life to Jesus. Amen. That's what I need to hear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, powerful scripture says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boast They'll be proud and blasphemous, disobedient to parents. We don't, definitely don't have any of that going on in this world today, do we? I thought I'd be hearing you all shout the roofs off here reading this scripture. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You know, let me just tell you something. You can, you can leave it right there on verse 3. It blows my mind that people you can take to dinner, people you can uh, have over to your house. And, 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 and I'm not saying it's anybody here, okay? I'm, that's not what I'm saying to you. But it blows my mind how people have forgotten what it's like to say thank you. Man, I'll tell you what, I know the sacrifice that goes into, I'm going to torment Paul here real quick. But Paul makes the best steak I've ever had in my life. He makes the best steak and, and if he invites you over without inviting me, I'm going to be hurt and upset. Just kidding. I won't. I'll be happy for you. Paul makes a great steak. But you know, when Paul makes me a steak, I'm very careful to say thank you so much. My wife, we're very careful to say, Paul, thank you so much. Brenda, thank you so much. We had a wonderful time with you. And boy, that steak was amazing. Thank you so much. Because in my heart, there's gratitude. I want to be thankful for what somebody does for me. Amen. It's like the Cowboy fans. They need to be thankful that they learned a lesson on Sunday. Amen? They just need to understand that. It just has to be that way. Don't shout me down. See, now you can't get up because pastor's probably watching on TV. Hallelujah. Keep watching, pastor, so they don't walk out on me. Glory to God. I mean, it's a lesson that was learned. Amen? And that, that what that does is it causes a maturity in our life to grow and to be strong. Where's John at? I'm just making sure he's out there. Oh, brother, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Hallelujah. He's, he got a handkerchief out there. But I, I had to torment you all, amen? I just had to. You ever seen something out there in an ice cream store or maybe a cake shop? You know, this amazing story way back in probably two, 1987, I think it was. I was a young man. And uh, Pastor Paul and I were Pretty interesting characters, we'll just say that. And he got a job at an ice cream store, and man, it was it was it was heartbreaking because you know he had to go to work every day after and you know after school he would go straight to work and he worked at this ice cream store in the mall. It was called it was called Brestler's ice cream. And I'm telling you, they sold cakes, they sold the homemade cakes. The lady that owned it made amazing cakes and and pastor paul was working there and he didn't really know the ropes on selling cakes and he just knew how to pull the trigger on the machine and it made ice cream amen and he was selling those ice cream cones well one day a guy came in and and he says you know they 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 had a cake ready for me and and i was supposed to come pick it up tonight and and pastor paul's like sir i'm sorry but we we don't have your cake here i don't know what the problem is I, i just never got your cake i don't know what it is and the guy's upset and he's yelling, he's screaming, he's walking, running up and down that hallway in the mall. And, and Pastor Paul says, sir, I'm sorry that your cake is not here, but I'll tell you what I can do for you. I can give you this cake that we have right here in the display case. You can have this one. And you can go out and buy some, some stencils or whatever you need to for, to put some decorations on that cake. Go home and, and you can enjoy your party. And he was, you know, he's a preacher's kid. He had a story to go with it and he motivated that guy. The guy's like, wow, that's a great idea. I'm going to take your cake and I'm going to go home and it's going to be a wonderful time. I'm going to be the hero. I showed up with a cake. Guy goes home. Next day comes around, the owner of the company comes and says, he says, uh, uh, Paul Jones, what did you, what did you, what did you do last night? The guy says, well, he he says some guy called in complaining today. And he's like, well, the guy came, he was upset that we didn't have his cake ready for him. And so I sold him the cake in the display case. And she says, Paul, you cannot sell them the cakes in the display case. Those are made of lard. Those are not cake. They were display cakes only. They were not cakes. But he did not know that. But isn't it amazing that delicious looking dessert is actually lard or other disgusting things that are made to look like the real deal. I mean, the the display cakes look even better than the real ones you take home. You ever seen an advertisement on television of this big juicy hamburger and it's just dripping. oh my goodness, makes me want to go down there and get one. And then you go down there, the bread's hanging off one side, the pickles are old, the, there's barely any ketchup on the sandwich. It's like this thin and the meat's like this thin. And I ask him at the counter, I say, what happened to the burger that I saw on television? Sometimes I go in and I ask him, can I get one of those burgers you advertised on the TV, please? They're like, oh, we don't have those. Why would they do that? Because it's to entice, it's to get us to, you know, the the display is what grabs us, the commercials on television. All of these things, let me me just tell you something. These are not the real deal. See, if it wasn't Daniel in those shoes, it would have been someone else who probably wasn't the real deal. Because those other two leaders that ran all those people in that Bible story that we read in Daniel chapter 6, listen, they might not have had any worship to any other God but that king. But because it was Daniel, this young man, who was faithful. You see, the Bible says in the last days, perilous times will come. It says perilous times will come. We need to understand that. So let me just tell you something. There's going to be crazy things happening. You read the news every single day. There are people that that take their children's lives over crazy stuff. Uh, They'll choose a, a boyfriend or a husband over their children's lives. I got news for you. Nobody's messing with my kids. Amen. I'll make a fool of myself for my kids. That's just, I'm just going to tell you that right now. I think you already know that about me. Hallelujah. Amen. So this generation is not going to be changed because, I got news for you, not not going to be changed because of worship or prayer chains or counseling. How many know counseling doesn't work all the time? Amen. It's not going to be, you know, those things help. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in the weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Our faith should not be in the wisdom of man. It should be in the power of God. The things that God is doing in our lives. Hallelujah. The real things, the tangible things that we need to hold on to. You see, the Apostle Paul said something very interesting in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to every single person who believes. That means if you believe, it's, to, it's for you. Hallelujah, man. For the Jew first and also the Greek, glory to God. That's powerful. Now, you know, if we would just understand that, you know, D.L. Moody said this. He said the great turn of the century, uh, this is what he said. Uh, this man was amazing. He's an amazing uh, uh, preacher an evangelist he was back in the day. He said, no man can be true for God and live for himself without at some time or, uh, or another being unpopular in this world. What does that mean? That means that we cannot just go through life telling everybody it's going to be all right. It means we can't just go through life, just, you know, we're never going to suffer. We're never going to have any problems. Listen, if you knew who you were looking at right here on this platform this, this evening, it would blow your mind because God has done one miracle after another, after another, after another. Hallelujah. And guess what? He is still doing miracles in my life every single day. Not just to, to make me wealthy, not just to make me happy, but He's changing my character, He's changing my attitude. He's changing that that dirty old cuss who we are down deep inside when we don't want to deal with anybody, amen? God, he is working in us, amen? Amen. The power of Jesus Christ cannot be changed or compromised to be accepted in this present generation. That means we cannot accept sin to just trickle down into our lives. Amen? Amen? And let me tell you something. I said it last week when I preached, you know, sometimes we're sorry because, you know, we're not really sorry because we're sorry, but we're sorry because we're caught. Right. Well, the truth of the matter is this. If we would just realize that God is, 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 is a process and he's working in our life, listen, don't make excuses for your failure. Don't make excuses for your sin. Don't make excuses for the lie or for the, for the problem that you created in your life. We have to man up. We have to woman up on these things and we have to just make it right. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the things I want you to understand is despite Daniel's situation, he never compromised his position. He never compromised his beliefs in his God that he served. He wasn't going to allow anybody to, to change the music that he listened to. Woohoo! Hello! He wasn't going to let anybody compromise. Let me tell you something. If there's problems in your life today, I'm going to guarantee you that, that, that one of the problems that's causing you to stumble in your life is the worldly music that you still listen to. I don't mean to be looking over here at this end over here, but you know, young people, we suffer with that. Notice how I threw myself in. I got a son sitting in this crowd right here, so I'm talking to him too. I'm not just talking because I want you to be hurt and I want you to be uh, disgusted with yourself. That's not what this is all about. You know, music, it can cause you to take a dark road. And music, we know this. Even as adults, there's adults looking at me. You're looking at me like a mule at a, in, in, at a, at a tiny gate. But I'm telling you the truth is that we all are dealing with some problems in our life. And some, most of the time it's the words that we speak or it's the music that we're listening to or the people that we're hanging around with. Hallelujah. You see, I'm not going to hang around someone that's going to cause me to stumble. If I want to learn about how to run a business, I'm going to get around some business people. I want to get around some people that can encourage me and show me how to do it and not treat me like I'm some dog that's trying to suffer on the side of the road. Hallelujah. I want to know that it's going to be all right. Amen. See, Daniel... This man, he believed his God. Because of his stance, let me tell you something. Three teenage boys, they made a stand against this wicked ruler and met Jesus in the fire. Hallelujah. Shadrach, Meshach. And to bed we go. Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) Pretty soon it's bedtime. Amen. It's creeping on me now. But I'm going to tell you something. God is a powerful God. Amen. We can never change the world by becoming like the world is. You say, well, I've lost everything because of my mistakes. I got news for you. You haven't lost anything because of your mistake. But if your attitude is wrong, then you'll lose everything. Should I say that again? You haven't lost anything because of your mistakes. But if you have the wrong attitude, you will lose everything. Amen? Listen, how do I know that? Because I've experienced it. You say, well, you got a great marriage. You got, yeah, it hasn't always been great. I've had to work at it. You say, well, you don't know what it's like to not pay your bills. Well, I pay my bills every month. I have to go to work just like everybody else does. Listen, I have worked hard, and I've worked hard, and I've worked hard, and I'm just learning and still learning. I'm 51 years old, and guess what? I'm just right now beginning to learn what business is all about. I hear you don't even get successful in life until you're at least 50 years old anyways. And I'm grateful for that because that's what I instill into my children's lives that today, yes, you're going to go through some trials. And today you're going to learn from your battles and from the disobedience and the things you go through in life. But God, if you stay consistent, God, he will help you. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. (laughs) You know, I've even heard people go as far as saying, I go to the bars to preach to people. I had a guy one time come up to me. He says, I go down to the strip club. I'm going to go down there and preach to them. He says, God save me for that. I can relate to him. You know me. You know what came out of my mouth. I'm telling you what. He says, I go down to the strip club to witness so, so I can be at their level. I'm going to go down to the bar and I'm going to preach to them so I can be down at their level. Listen, you're not going to make it if you go down to their level. You can only make it if you shout it out and say, listen, we're not going to go there. Hallelujah. What's going to happen the first time your family member comes to your house with a drink in their hand? And you say no. They're either never coming back or they're never coming back with a drink in their hand. My family chose never to come back to my house and that's okay. Because if you choose your alcohol and your drugs and your lifestyle over visiting me because we're family, then that's your choice. That's your decision. But for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord, hallelujah, and we're going to love you. We're going to care for you, but we're not going to compromise in any way. We cannot compromise. You probably wonder, how in the world were these kids raised in that man's house? You know what? We've lived a wonderful life. We have preached. I mean, I'm telling you, there's not a single moment in the the day that goes by that we're not preaching to our children. We're preaching. We're calling them out. We're asking them questions. I mean, we're tormenting them and it gets on their nerves just like it does everybody else when your parents torment you. But guess what? We just keep at it and keep at it. But one day, guess what? When they turn Landon's age, they start to realize when that brain starts kicking in, they start realizing that, you know what? Mama and daddy were right. Mommy and daddy were making a little bit of sense now, but it didn't make any sense to him. He's over there for everybody's looking for him. Amen. Standing right back there. He's a good boy. I'm so proud of him. And God is doing amazing things in that man's life. And I'm seeing God do wonderful things. But it's because of the stances that we take in our home. My kids don't miss youth service because they're going somewhere. My kids don't invite friends over because when youth service is going on. He's going to youth. Because if I have to take him on a, on, a, on a horse, I'll take him on a horse. Because that's where he belongs. That's where he needs to be around all the youth, all his friends. I've seen, I've seen these teenagers' lives changed, amen, because of relationships that they have with each other. I've seen God begin to do new things in their life. You know, it's amazing what a basketball can do for the youth. It brings them together, whether they can play or not. Amen? My son Carson can't shoot for nothing. I'm just kidding, he outshoots me. But I'm telling you, it's amazing what that basketball will do for these young people. It brings us together. You bring that Bible out, you start talking about the things of God, it will bring you together, it will encourage you, it will strengthen you. You become like-minded, you begin to do things that, that each other likes, hallelujah, amen? You know, the truth is that the gospel don't have to be dumbed down or compromised to win a lost and dying world. That's really what the truth is. We don't have to water down this gospel. You see, it is, it's a gospel, And it's a gospel of power. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says this. uh, It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria. And to the end of the earth. Hallelujah. And it also says that it's a gospel of deliverance. In John chapter 8 verse 32. It says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? It shall make you free. That means when you get caught and you're in trouble for something with God, guess what? You tell the truth and you'll watch God vindicate you. He'll bring you out. He'll help you. He'll encourage you. He'll put you up on a pedestal and he'll say, you know what? This is my child. Uh, He's trying. I'm going to help him and I'm going to encourage him and strengthen him. You see, this generation is looking for something real, looking for something tangible, something they can touch, something they can feel. Hallelujah. I want to ask you tonight, what has God done for you? As we prepare to close tonight, did He really set you free? Has God delivered you from your sin? Do you have an old cigar box that you're hiding your sins in? Did He really heal your marriage? You mean, I don't have to live like this anymore? Pastor, are you telling me I don't have to live in sin anymore? I don't have to live with this guilt and this shame? No, you do not have to. Hallelujah. Glory to God because He is a merciful God and He wants to help us all tonight. He wants to encourage us. You know, there was a story Pastor Marshall told years ago in this sermon. He said there was a city that had a statue of Jesus during World War II. A bomb flew in and blew it up. But these villagers grabbed all the pieces to this statue and they put it all back together. But they never found the hands. So one man, he writes this on a sign and he puts it on the statue and says, I have no hands but your hands to do my work today. I have no feet but your feet to lead souls on the way. I have no tongue, but your tongue to tell them how I died. I I can't help, but you can help to bring them to God's side. You know, if we would just understand that, you know, we're just like that statue of Jesus, broken up, beat down, put down, we feel shame, guilt, all of these things are happening in our lives. And Jesus says, I want you to be my feet. I want you to be my hands. You say, well, I don't have a whole lot that I could say. You know what? If you don't have the words to say, then take me with you. I've got a lot of words. And if I don't have a lot of words, my wife definitely has a lot of words. These women have words. They want to speak, amen? And I'm going to tell you the truth. If you'll just listen, God will restore everything in your life. Quit speaking. Quit just bugging God. God, this, God that. God, I need this. God, I want this. God, do this. God, 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 God. Everything is God. I, I need you, God. I want to use you right now, God. And just listen and love Him. Worship Him. Adore Him. You know, you can sit down just like this and talk to God. You say, God, I, I'm sorry. I failed again, Lord. Help me, God. I can't do this alone Lord speak into my life put people in my life that I can listen to instead you know what we do we want to tell everybody our problem tell everybody what we've been through we want to tell God God, you, you know what you did it once for me but you haven't been around lately you got to talk to some people around here that God's really been on their side right over in this corner put your hand up Mikey that guy right there go talk to him about what God's doing in his life Even when you begin to doubt God, God said, boom. He says, I got this. God will help you. God will lift you up. He will encourage you. He will make you that champion that you never thought you could be in your entire life. You know, it blows my mind. It really does. The people that, there's people that should be here that aren't here talk to people every day and they're like man my life is this and this is happening and I'm going downhill and this, this problem here, this problem there, I have no control over this and that and here we are worshiping God here we are in the spirit of the Lord besides whatever message God puts in our hearts, listen these messages are designed to pierce the heart of whoever it is for only God knows I don't have anybody in mind when I'm preparing a message, God knows who that person is God understands the pain. He understands the hurt. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, one of the things that I know for sure is that God has a tremendous destiny for each one of us in this place. You know, the prophecy in Joel chapter 2, we're not going to put it up on the board at all. But I want to be included in this. Prophecy that Joel has in his word. He says, I'll pour out my spirit. How many would like to see God's spirit just poured out into your life? How many would love to see God's listen, when you speak, it changes things. When you speak, the, the waters part. My kids have asked me, Dad, why do you speak with such authority? Why do you, why, why do you why do you do this and why do you do that? It's because I have the Spirit of God in me. I'm not bragging, I promise you that. I got a lot of failures in my life. But One thing I do know is that I'm in right standing with God. I wanna be involved or included in Jesus's command that he has in in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. How can we do that if we're not ready? How can we do that? These are two of the most simple prophecies in the world to understand. But the secret behind Daniel's influence over kings and people was his testimony. Your testimony is powerful tonight. I'm not going to go much longer, but all over this place with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here tonight. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I want to surrender tonight and I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, I want you to lift your hand up Put it up and put it right back down say, I've got sin in my life and I want to be free tonight. If that's you, just put it up, put it right back down. Don't be afraid. Listen, God's not gonna come down here and slap you around. He's gonna touch your heart for being honest. He's gonna help you. He's gonna save you. Praise God. Maybe you're at home tonight. You're sitting there with your family. You're listening to this on the road. I'm not sure where you are, but I do know this for a fact. You're listening to these words. You say, I'm not saved. I've heard many Billy Graham crusades where someone listened to it on a radio. and Someone gave their life to Jesus just listening to simple words. That's why we minister the gospel. It's a simple gospel. Let's all stand to our feet tonight. I want to pray this prayer. While we have people online, let's just go ahead and pray this prayer tonight. If you'd bow your head, close your eyes, lift your hand before the Lord, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite you into my life to be my personal Savior. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you, Lord. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. Make me a brand new person. I surrender right now, Lord. And from this moment forward, I will serve you. the best of my ability. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for changing me. I look forward to the change and I will be faithful to you, Lord. And I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight, if you would.